Hello, and welcome to the Doctors Washington Podcast. On this episode of The Plug, we will discuss the MCAT exam. The Medical College Admission Test, or MCAT, is developed and administered by the AAMC and is a standardized multiple choice exam created to help medical school admissions offices assess problem solving, critical thinking, and knowledge of natural, behavioral, and social science concepts, a prerequisite to the study of medicine. Now, the MCAT has changed a lot over the years, so we'll briefly highlight the information about the current MCAT exam, much different than the exam that I took, uh, which was also the MCAT, but the old MCAT, apparently, and this is the new MCAT. Um, So one of the questions that we'll start with is, do you have to take the MCAT to get into medical school? Almost all U.S. medical schools and many Canadian schools require you submit MCAT exam scores. So certain programs that will require an MCAT would include um, the MD granting programs or DO granting programs. Both of those you ultimately can apply for various residencies to practice medicine. Um, The podiatric programs where you receive a DPM will require MCAT exam scores or accept MCAT exam scores, as well as the veterinary medicine where you receive a DVM. Um, There are other health-related programs that will accept the MCAT exam uh, to satisfy a test score as well. So just check into it depending on which uh, healthcare-related program you're looking to matriculate into. Um, When you register for the exam, you'll be required to agree to a statement verifying your intention to apply to health profession school. And this is likely just so that people aren't taking the exam in order to bank the questions, (laughs) but are people who actually intend to use the score in order to pursue a career in the healthcare field. So all in all, do you have to take the MCAT to go into medical school? The answer is generally yes. There's been some changes due to covid So for about one academic cycle, it was a little bit of a fudge topic because people weren't able to get in to take an exam because testing centers were closed. And so during that um, year, which I believe is the one that just completed um, in the admission process, there are various schools that allow students to not take the MCAT and still apply Um, that won't be forever. We'll go back to um, standardized testing as a measure um, after the COVID pandemic is over. Yeah, so I'll just chime in there and say that, you know, I think that what happened was for COVID, they allowed a shortened MCAT test uh, so that the students would be able to take the test uh, at a testing center. Um, However, instead of it being the full length test, it was about half of its usual length so that they still would be able to get an assessment. So from my understanding, there aren't very many, if, if any at all, that were actually allowed to uh, get into medical school without having to take the MCAT at all. Um, but they did have a shortened test that was available for much of um, 2020 and the early part of 2021. So some people took the exam a year or so ago. Is it still good to go to medical school next year or do they need to retake it? 
So actually many schools don't accept MCAT scores that are more than three years old. So it's very important that uh, as best you can, you apply within that window so you don't have to retest in order to, um, in order to apply to the medical school that you want. And then also um, I mentioned that when each of us entered medical school, um, the MCAT test was a lot different than the current one. Who wants to tell us about the new MCAT or the new format of the MCAT? So I'll hop in here and talk a little bit about the newest version of the MCAT. So in April 2015, the Association of Medical Colleges um, launched this new MCAT. And it's basically broken down into four sections. And these sections have long names, so I'll just go through them briefly. But essentially, the four sections have uh, about 59 questions each, and you get about an hour and a half to complete each section. So the first section is called the Biological and Biochemical Foundations of Living Systems. This is where you'll get the questions about like biology, organic chemistry, inorganic chemistry concepts that are taught in most uh, colleges and universities. They also talk about some cellular and molecular biology concepts and some basic research methods. The next section of the test is called the chemical and physical foundations of biological systems section. Again, that talks about um, biology, chemistry, and physics concepts. Also biochemistry and molecular biology topics as well. It just really wants you to demonstrate your ability to uh, reason and do research methods and statistical skills as they apply to the natural sciences. The next section is called the Psychological, Social, and Biological Foundations of Behavior. And this talks about psychology, sociology, and biology concepts. It helps to kind of get an understanding of how much you know about the behavioral and sociocultural determinants of health. These are taught in most uh, college general psychology courses uh, and um, also has some statistics in it as well. And then the next section is called the critical analysis and reasoning skills. And it's similar to verbal reasoning tests that you've taken throughout your academic career and in other standardized tests. It's uh, unique, though, in that it's uh, been developed to be able to measure and um, analyze reasoning skills that will be necessary to be successful in medical school. And so um, they have these passages, like 500 to 600 words, but they're complex and thought-provoking. And then they ask you questions at the end to determine how much you understood about that. So that's the new MCAT. And so when you hear people talking about these different sections of the test, a lot of times, I mean, who can remember biological and social and biological foundations of behavior? So usually they will break it down into the initials. So you'll hear hear people talking about the BBFLS for the first section, the CPFBS, things like that. I always have to look it up, though, when I am sitting on the admissions committee. Uh, to remember specifically what is included in each of those sections. This seems like a lot of info to cover. What advice do you have for students who want to go to medical school? The first thing would be prepare. 
make sure that you do all that you can and get all the information that you can to make sure that uh, you're prepared for this transition. Um, there are many resources available online, um, including at the AAMC website that has a lot of information about the exam itself, as well as provide some study guides and suggestions for studying and uh, study tips. Um, there are many prep courses and books that are offered um, through uh, different institutions um, like Kaplan and Princeton Review uh, to help students that are preparing to take for, take the test. So um, definitely if you Google MCAT prep, you'll probably get thousands of, of items that you can look through um, that have been used by other students in the past. Also um, notable is on the AAMC website, uh, they have information about how to create your own study plan. So something that works for you, but also helps you to cover all of the information that uh, the test will will assist you on. And also they have multiple full length exams to kind of get you ready for the actual test day. And so since we're, we're talking about the MCAT as a whole and how huge and daunting it seems, um, I think it's also important to get a sense of when's the best time to take it because that will also help, help you to prepare um, your study plan. So when should students take the MCAT? Often students will choose to take their MCAT exam the same year they're applying to medical school. So for example, if you're thinking of starting medical school in the fall of 2022, you might consider taking your exam during 2021. So just before your application process begins. Often as well, it's important um, to time your exam. Um, I know we talk about our experience being different. Um, Dr. Latanya and myself took the MCAT on paper. Um, and I'm pretty sure Dr. Jasmine took it um, on the computer, but um, things have significantly changed. Additionally, I know when Dr. Latanya and myself took MCAT, it was only given twice a year. So you could take it in the spring and you could take it again in the fall. Um, so if you were planning to apply, you would take it in the spring in preparation to start that application process in the fall. And then the fall application process was sort of your backup. So if you didn't do well enough, then you had another opportunity to take it, but those scores would actually come, um, come back after your application was submitted. And so um, it was a bit different of a process. Now, from my understanding, there are various opportunities to take the exam and can be scheduled kind of based on what works best for you. So it's important to get it taken and get that score back before you submit your application. Um, that way they have a complete application to assess when they're determining whether or not to offer an interview for you. So how do students know if they're ready to take the MCAT exam? So it's not really a specific time that uh, that each person has that uh, will determine if they're ready to take it. It's really once you feel the most prepared and uh, ready to take the exam. You have to think about it. This is an exam that you have to pay for. So you want to make sure that when you do take it, that you're, um, you know, in the best position to do well on it. So 
that includes not only studying and making a study plan, but also helping yourself out by taking some of these um, some of these courses at your undergraduate institution that include biology, chemistry, physics, those kind of things that um, Dr. Latanya mentioned earlier that are big themes for the test. So once you have those kind of background things um, under your belt and are more familiar with them, then that can help you in your studying. And then once you feel comfortable with that material and the way that it's presented on a test, then you know, that's when I would say, you know, go for it and, and take it and put your best foot forward. Also, it's important that you consider talking with your pre-health advisor um, at your um, undergraduate institution because these folks are very seasoned in dealing with not only the um, not only the application process, but preparing you for taking the test itself. And so they'll be um, really good resources to help you gauge if you're actually ready or, you know, what strategies or, or tips that you could uh, gain from them to get you in a position that you will be ready to succeed on the test. I definitely agree with that. And then also, you know, just to understand, and I think most most people probably do, but, you know, those courses that you mentioned, the biology, general chemistry, organic chemistry, and physics, um, those are actually prerequisites to be able to apply to medical school anyway. So uh, you have to have taken those courses to get into medical school. And um, so taking those courses relatively early in your undergraduate um, studies so that you can feel comfortable and confident with those topics to be able to put your best foot forward on the exam. So while we continue to talk about the exam, we also know that, you know, not every student will do as well as they would like the first um, time they take the exam. So should students take the MCAT more than one time? You definitely should take the exam a second time if you feel that you need to take it more than once. A lot of applicants take the exam more than once, so don't feel like you're alone in that. Um, when I mean if you feel like you need to take it more than once, I'm talking about do you feel that your score um, best represented your abilities? And if you feel that that score didn't, didn't at all represent you for whatever reason, maybe, you know, test taking anxieties, you had a rough week, you know, et cetera, then plan to take it again um, in order to best represent yourself. Um, there are limits, however, to taking the MCAT. In a single testing year, you can only take it three times maximum. Over two consecutive years, you can only take it a maximum of four times. And in your lifetime, you can't take it more than seven times. And I'll be completely transparent. I took it twice. My first exam score did not look like it should have. And so I took it that spring and then I went back and took it again in the fall um, during my application process. So it's not something that very few people do. It's actually something that's likely done more frequently than we think. It seems like taking this test multiple times can be expensive. How much does the MCAT cost? So the registration fee for the MCAT is $320. Um, there's also an international fee of $115 if you're applying from outside of the United States. 
That is very expensive, but the double AMC also has a fee assistance program that can assist individuals with extreme financial limitations who would not otherwise be able to take the exam. And so it may offer, um, it may require that you provide some income information for yourself and, and possibly for your parents to see if you're eligible for that. But also understand that if you apply and you're approved for that fee assistance program, um, if you do well on the MCAT and you get to the point where you're applying for medical schools, the fact that you applied for or got approved for that fee waiver will also provide you with some additional fee assistance going forward into your application. And so for students who um, take the test or who apply and register for the exam and feel prepared, you know, I really say walk into your test feeling very confident, make sure that you answer every question and know that you don't get the results right away. It takes about a month to get your scores back. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about how the test is scored. Um, I know sometimes test strategy is very important. Um, so, you know, first, I think count, they count the number of questions that you answer correctly. So there's no penalty for guessing. Um, that's something that's very important. And then let's see, they take the number of correct answers and convert them into a scaled score for each, each section. And so those uh, scores from each of the four sections that I talked about before, um, then they add those up into a total score. And so can we talk a little bit about how the schools use the scores? So when looking at a lot of the medical school admissions officers and a survey that was given to them, a lot of schools really accept multiple sets of MCAT scores in a lot of different ways. Uh, some weigh all sets of scores equally and they um, make a note about improvements that you made if you took the test mul uh, multiple times. They also, or some other schools only look at the most recent set of scores. Um, then there are other schools that may take an average of all the sets of scores and then still other schools that only uses the only use the highest set of scores or the highest individual section scores. So it's not a uniform process to how medical schools use the scores that you get. So if you're not satisfied with uh, with your score on the first uh, go around and take it a second try and or I guess if you're not satisfied with your scores on your first attempt and you take the test again, uh, depending on what school you apply to, they could either look at only your second score or look at some combination of both scores. So um, just keep that in mind um, when you're when you're considering um, your next steps and try to do your best on the first go. So when it keeps costs down and then also um, it takes out that element of surprise to how they really look at your scores as a whole. I think one of the things that's very interesting is that not every school uses the scores um, the same way. So you don't really know. So again, it's important to put your best foot forward. But when we're taking a deeper dive into the scores on the specific sections, it's important to know how you stack up with other applicants who've taken the MCAT. 
And so understand that on the double AMC website, you can look online and, and see what the mean and median MCAT scores were for everyone who took the test during that particular year to see what that is. And so they update this annually. It helps to ensure that the percentile ranks reflect the current and stable information about student scores. And that means that the changes that occur from year to year uh, reflect changes in the scores of the examinees. The MCAT is, is really utilized in, in, in many ways for applying to medical school, but um, what we will say is that, so the mean MCAT score for the year from May 2019 to April 2020 was 500.9 with a standard deviation of uh, 10.6 points. And so um, that is, you know, you're looking at around 490 to 510 with the average uh, score for each section being about 125 or 126. I will say that, you know, being in the admission committee uh, groups and hearing about a lot of other schools, most schools are looking for students that have MCAT scores above 500 and really into that 510 range to really make sure that you are a competitive applicant. It's important to know that your score can actually impact your ability to get an interview. Some schools utilize that MCAT score kind of as a screening tool. So they may say they don't interview any students with MCAT scores of less than 500 or less than 510. And so that's uh, certainly important. There's a ton more detail to the MCAT than we're able to cover in this brief episode. For more information on the MCAT, I would say check out the AAMC's website. They have a ton of information, lots of free resources, study plans, um, additional resources that is outside of those things you can purchase um, from private companies or corporations that provide MCAT prep. So I do believe that all of these things are very important as you decide that you want to journey into medical school and apply to medical school. It's important to know what the process will look like, what the potential costs are, and what all you have to do personally to prepare. So we hope that you found this episode of the Doctors Washington podcast helpful to learn more about the MCAT. If so, please like, share, and repost us on your favorite social media platform. Check out our prior episodes that are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon Music. We're working to round out this first season of the Doctors Washington Podcast, and we'll be taking a break for the summer. Follow us on social media to stay up to date and look for us to return in the fall. Until next time. The music on the Doctors Washington podcast is by artist Mike Burton. He's a Jackson, Mississippi native on his album, Soulful, and the track is entitled All Right. It is available on iTunes. I believe that it's going-